God, look at the... It's in such good condition. Yeah. It's barely got any spunk on it at all. Welcome back to part two of the Too Much Time on Our Hands podcast. Okay, so we're going to get straight into it. This is topic number two. You all right, Tom? Yeah, yeah, I'm fine. Yeah. I just... <clears throat> my chair feels warm. <laughs> <laughs> I think Tom... Has someone else been sitting here? <laughs> Sorry, anyway. Okay, so this is Sean's topic. So, Sean, take it away. Okay, so I wanted to... Uh, have a little getting to know you session you know we're up to episode six now i think it's about time the the uh listener got to know us a little bit more intimately and um <laughs> found out about you know and you know we shared a bit about ourselves and maybe talked about how uh, how and why we got into the things we're into now like there's always um uh, a, a big bang, isn't there? Like a, a, a starting point where everything else sparks from, and like all the things you love today, generally you can revert back to your childhood and say, "Oh, that was that one thing that just like sparked it all off." Hmm. For me, and for a lot of other people, I've since found out actually this is this occurs to a lot of people. But in 1989, <laughs> there was a uh, get to know all about you. <laughs> there was um. Uh, a, a board game released. Uh, it was a collaboration between Milton Bradley and Games Workshop. And um, <clears throat> it was a dungeon crawling adventure fantasy sword and sorcery type thing. And it was called Hero Quest. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so many happy memories. Yes. Mm. Uh, Hero Quest, I think, is my primordial soup <laughs> of, of geekdom. And it kind of. it's. I probably got this game, I reckon, in about 91, 92-ish. I didn't get it in 89. Um, I would have been about seven or eight years old. I literally, I have no recollection of how or why I received it. Someone obviously just, it was, a, I guess it was just like a big deal at the time. There was adverts on TV for it. It was the kind of thing you'd see in the Argos catalogue. And, you know, it was a pretty big deal. Other kids had it, I knew other kids that had it. The, and I just acquired it. Maybe maybe it was just sh- distributed by Milton Bradley. They knew it. it was like <laughs> the beginnings of plastic crack, and they're just like, "Oh, you, you're going to end up for the next plastic ten years in, in Games Workshop." <laughs> like, well, this one's on the house. Weirdly and genuinely, I can't remember how I got my copy. Yeah, either. I see. That's what I mean. Maybe we travel back in time <laughs> and gave it to ourselves. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Maybe I've yeah, I've still got that yet to come. But it was my. First experience, as far as I can remember, of the fantasy genre and fantasy tropes. So the game, the, the setting of the game, it is the most generic fantasy setting ever. You've got a barbarian, an elf, a wizard and a dwarf. And they enter a dungeon on the advice of a wise old wizard. Oh, don't they always? To, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, you know, they're going in for loot or for glory or for, I don't know, you'll have some objective to save some important person. And while you're down there, you're fighting, you know, orcs, goblins, skeletons, uh, zombies, gargoyles. There's like an evil sorcerer guy. And it's just, uh, you know, very typical fantasy adventure. But at the age of 
seven, eight, where however old it was, this was all new to me. A completely new world where I was just whisked away to some fantasy land. And it just blew my mind. And I just became so obsessed with this game and this setting and this whole idea of like this other world. And I just went nuts for it. There was like a few um, other things released around the game as well. Like um, at the same time, there was um, a a bunch of adventure books, which I picked up. Uh, and these are like the um, choose your own adventure style oh. jobbies where you know you um... that, was, that was me making a, a, a uh, almost erotic <laughs> gurgle over the top of these you know kids today probably I guess these things don't exist anymore so younger people would literally have no idea what this is but basically it's a book where <clears throat> you you will kind of have a little bit of influence over the story so you'll be reading and then you'll get to a certain point and it will give you a choice and it will say, um, you know, if you want to do A, turn to page 16. If you want to do B, turn to page 42. And generally there's a right and a wrong way and you can go down different routes and end up in dead ends and your character generally what happens is you, you flip to the wrong one and it says your character died in a horrible death of spike pit traps. And it's like, Probably do the other option. <laughs> so you, keep like, your, you, yeah, you keep, also keep you, your finger you in the well. Yeah, um, yeah. The other thing I got, and this is my pride and joy, actually, oh. is um, <laughs> I used to collect the Hero Quest oh, sticker, God. sticker album. <clears throat> this isn't my legit old copy, actually, but I have like pretty much every um, every uh, every sticker <clears throat> and a bunch of shinies. Yeah, so they used to do these sticker albums at the same time. Um, old Merlin aptly uh, produced stickers. And I used to remember going to... Um, it was a shop in Wheat Hampstead, actually, I think. A corner mm. shop. And every day, for some reason, we'd go past this corner shop and I would ask my dad if I could go in and spend um, like 20p buying a pack of stickers. And I just became like so obsessed with getting all the stickers and just staring at the cool artwork on them and all the pictures... And um, they came to a certain point, and I went in one day, and they didn't have any. And I was like, oh, where's your HeroQuest stickers? Um, and then she was like, oh, um, we ran out, and you were the only pe- pe- person who bought them, so we, <laughs> so we stopped ordering them in. We're like, oh, <laughs> forever alone. <laughs> but it just has such a profound effect on me. Um, you know, I used to just, like, fantasize about being in the world. I used to dream about it. I literally used to have dreams where I was you know, in a dungeon or something. Um, and at the same time, there were things on TV like um, Nightmare. Do you remember Nightmare? Oh, oh. I always wanted to go on Nightmare. So, I, I, you know, I love shows like that, like the whole, um, again, if, if, if younger people won't know what Nightmare is, it's a, it was like a game show in the late 80s, early 90s. And um, you'd have a, a kid standing in a... I guess like a green screen sort of room or Where just am I? a sports hall. Yeah, and, and he'd have a helmet on so he couldn't see. And then you'd have his uh, three gormless mates sitting in a studio watching him on telly. Don't touch him. Directing where to go. And they, <laughs> they'd go, yeah, he'd say, where am I? And then they'd always say, you're in a room. Yeah. Well, that's oh, thanks, house for. Duck. Yeah. <laughs> go left. More left. No, other left. Sidestep. Run. To the right. <laughs> and it was like the most oh, brutal heavens. game show ever. Like, there was always like uh, huge snakes and like trying to eat the kid. I used to worry so much. Like, yeah, it used oh to be quite like scary. Yeah, you know, 
if anyone hasn't watched it, I've just noticed on mm. uh, YouTube, uh, Nightmare Series 1, Unabridged. Oh, nice. You watch that um, whole thing. They did a, um, a for Geek Week on YouTube or something yeah. like that. With they did, yeah, you, the new you know, the Izzy yeah, Suzy yeah. as like one of the, the, the characters, the sort of. Yeah, it was, yeah Dobby from. Um, I love. Dobby from Peep Show. Peep Show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, they had the original guy with the beard. Traegar. Yeah, Traegar. Yeah, but it was for, like, YouTubers. Yeah, Ashens was on it, if you're a fan of Ashens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure Ashens was on it. I think I remember that. Um, There's also, I think they do, like, a live show as well. They do, yeah. They, like, it tours around, and you can do, like, almost like a semi-interactive kind of show. Can I I confess to something? Go on. Um, About three, four years ago, Mm. went on a stag do for a mate. Mm -hmm. Um, And completely unplanned. The, the Sunday before the night before we were going back, we'd had a few beers, mm-hmm. and we were like, "What can we do?" It's like we don't, we got this big house to ourselves. Let's let's do a random nightmare. <laughs> so we blindfolded the the stag the, the the weekend. We all dressed up like with things we could find. Um, yeah. I'll find a picture and I'll I'll okay. put it up. But it's I basically had a cushion tied to my head. I was I was a, I was a uh, merchant, mm-hmm. and I had a pet chicken, which was like this this uh, kitchen implement and it would look like a chicken um and we led him round the house like each room was like a different challenge yeah um and we all had to affect voices and <laughs> the last challenge the two lot the last challenge the second to last challenge was he had to kiss the princess which was my friend duncan lying on a bed <laughs> and and then the <laughs> last challenge was he had to brave the waterfall i think so we just put him in the shower and just turn oh, the shower yeah, on. I thought you were going to go somewhere else with that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so weird. But, um, it's hot. <laughs> but, slightly warm. Yeah. But it was, it was, yeah, everyone was well into it. Let me put it that way. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's what they all say. It's, yeah. I'm it's, really into this. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty fondly remembered, I would say. Yeah. yeah. I, I, the other thing I was thinking was it just completely got me into swords and sorcery. Basically, that was my first um, first love was swords and sorcery. I just absolutely loved it. I, my dad used to take me down to Blockbuster, and I'd like pick out a film, and it would always be a swords and sorcery film. Now it started out with things like um, Legend, um, hmm. Labyrinth, hmm. Willow. You know, all the sort of cutesy ones. My dad didn't realise when I started picking up things like um, Conan and Beastmaster. <laughs> like, you know, certificates weren't such a big deal in those days. And I was like, ah, this looks basically the same. And I was like watching all these 18 certificate films at the age of about nine. Nice work, nice. Yeah. That's when it's into like more boobs and sorcery. <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with that. Well. Yeah, for another podcast. And um, <clears throat> I think at that point, uh, our school, uh, our te- did you ever have like reading time in class? Yeah, a teacher, your teacher would sort of sit down in yes. class and they would read through a book and like yes. over the term or whatever they'd get through the whole book. The book that they read to us was The Hobbit, and because I was so into Hero Quest, it this totally just chimed with me, and I completely, completely fell in love with The Hobbit. And to this day, it's my favourite novel. Mm. You know, I've read it like countless times since. And from that, um, I think a relative yeah. bought me uh, 
bought me the Lord of the Rings trilogy, which nice. I don't think I actually did read because I think I was too young. Mm. It looked a bit wordy after <laughs> the yeah. Hobbits. Like, bit of a weighty one. Yeah, it was, yeah. Like, it was the yeah. entire. Um, it was it was like a big um, red bound kind of edition. Mm. Like it came in like a red box with the three. But I loved the artwork on them. It had nice. sweet artwork. And I had like I think it even had um, some sketches in the in the book as well. So, you know, I didn't read it, I just looked at the pictures. <laughs> <laughs> Got the gist of what was going on. Anyway, my uncle um, found out that I was, like, getting into all this kind of fantasy swords and sorcery type stuff. And one day, round his house, he came downstairs with, um, <clears throat> like, a black briefcase. The kind of thing, it almost looks like a toolbox or something. Mm. Or something that you keep... Like, a, like, like a gun. Yeah, something yeah. you could, like, keep a gun in. I didn't. I wasn't aware of that at that age, mm. because otherwise I might have been shitting myself. <laughs> and I walked down with a fucking gun case. Well, I've got something to show you, my boy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't like Uncle Keith. It's funny. My uncle is. Um, he's like a. He's, he's like a skinhead, sort of quite hard looking, and he's like a Chelsea supporter. And um, you know, he doesn't look like the kind of person who's, who would have a case of what I'm about to tell you what is in it. Anyway, he gave me the case. He said, "Oh, you're already into that." Oh, I'll, I'll give you these. This is something that I used to like mm. be into, but I don't have time for it anymore. Opened it up, and it's like a bunch of pewter models uh, of dwarves uh, and um, ogres, and there was like barbarians. And he was like, "Oh, this is something called Warhammer." And uh, I was like, and "I'd never heard of it." I was just like thinking Hero Quest was this little isolated thing. I was like, "Oh, yeah, yeah that's awesome." And he was like, "Oh, yeah, there's this whole like big thing called like Warhammer." Do you not know? And I was like, "No, I don't have any idea about this." And he gave me this like bunch of books with it. I was like, oh, fucking hell. And then I was like, just floodgates. Oh, <laughs> no, and this is this basically kind of dictated the next, um, well, God knows, like 10 years of my life. And also my, um, my kind of social standing <laughs> and my, um, <laughs> my, um, what would you call it sexual prowess <laughs> like, the next 10 years was kind of dictated at that moment that terrible terrible moment where I was introduced to um, to Warhammer for the first time and it was deemed you would never see female genitalia <laughs> ever again exactly <laughs> oh, man, have you seen that There's, um, there was a show called Mongrels yeah um, have you seen it I have seen it that was a great show. reference in that um, and it was um, the cat you remember the kind of funny yeah, cat yeah, with yeah. the Eastern European accent? And he, um, for some reason in this episode, he, he wants to become like a terrorist and he's got like a suicide belt attached <laughs> yeah, to him. And the other one. guy's like, he's like, but why? Why would you do this? And he says, because I will be, I've been promised I will be transferred to a fantasy land filled with virgins. And he's like, what? Like a games workshop? I suppose. Uh, but anyway, yeah, I became obsessed, and I spent like my youth, my misspent youth, in um, Games Workshop, basically, <laughs> like just oodling uh, models and painting and like pewter models, yeah, and, and plastic, and you know. To be fair, this was like completely normal at, at the time and that age. Like everyone at my school, not everyone, but like tons of people at my school were doing it as well. This was in primary school, and then on into secondary school as well there were like tons of people I probably hung out a little while longer than like <laughs> other people probably did but <clears throat> through um, Games Workshop was where I first discovered my love of sci-fi as well because mm. um, 
anybody who knows this kind of thing will know that uh, Games Workshop have like a, a, a kind of sci-fi equivalent to Warhammer and you know it's all kind of space marines and aliens and it's got like definite overtones of the alien films yeah. and stuff like Starship Troopers the Terminators the Blood Angels yeah they the, kind yeah, of rip yeah. off all of the the classic sci-fi tropes and they've got like a few of their own as well it's, it's quite like a unique IP Aka to your right <laughs> yeah <laughs> and through that I just like I completely fell in love with um, films like Aliens and Terminator 2 and Total Recall Running Man Mad Max 2 and just became obsessed like with these films again at like way too young an age but it was strange in, at that time when these, um, well, certainly when like Terminator 2 had come out, they had like toy lines for it that they were advertising on kids' TV. Oh, shit, yeah, they did. They and did. in Argos catalogues and things, it was yeah. in the toy sections. I had like. Um, I had Predator toys, I had Terminator really? toys, I had all sorts Robo of toys. Robocop as well. Yeah, oh, yeah, Robocop, Robocop toys. Toxic yeah. Avenger toys. Toxic Avenger, yes. yes. They had a Toxic Avenger cartoon. That's like the most adult fucking film yeah. ever. Yeah, yeah, Toxic yeah. Avenger, brutal. But anyway, yeah, the Terminator 2 one, I had um, the set, I think it was a set or something like that where. It was the um, Arnie shooting the T one thousand. It's like because he had like a kind of reloadable missile thing that clicked into his arm, and then yeah. it like, fired out. And in the advert, they had the the kind of T one thousand toy sort of like <laughs> precariously. Um, yeah, know, it was like precariously balanced on like a bridge, and then he shoots him into the lava. He like knocks him back with the missile. Yeah. Do, do you remember that? This is for kids as well. Do you remember the um, the you got the robot? And you get to you got to put flesh on it. There was like the big thing. Oh, yeah. the casting thing. Yeah, it was like yeah. some horrific dabber. stuff is worth a fortune. Really? Well, I bet because it. everyone presumably used up all the gunky stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, but then you could peel bits of flesh. Yeah, off yeah, of yeah. Them. yeah. That's not for kids. Yeah. <laughs> but I think was though different times though, man. Like, you couldn't like dress it or anything. It was literally just a kind of a big nude pink sex yeah, exactly. sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Big rubbery monstrosity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, I was already so I was like totally into sci-fi at that point, and this was now we're up to um, ninety-seven, and in ninety-seven they re-released Star Wars, the special edition Star Wars. I'd never seen Star Wars before at this point. What? Yeah, seriously. Special I, editions are your special editions were my first Star Wars experience. So to me, when people like freak out about the changes stuff, designing your shit, it doesn't bother me in the slightest because. I, I never saw the original Star Wars. I, I watched Return of the Jedi pretty much every week really? on like a badly recorded on ITV version yeah. with adverts like in between. Wow. So that was like, but, but yeah, I almost... I don't know why I hadn't seen it. I just hadn't. And I, it was my stepdad, funnily enough, who um, said to me when these came out, he's like, oh yeah, he, he, I remember him buying them for me like one at a time. So he'd like buy me, uh, I bought like a New Hope on VHS and I'm home and I watched it and I loved it. And I was like excitedly waiting to then buy the next one and then the next one. And then they also uh, uh, released at the same time in the cinemas. I went down to the, um, the Empire Cinema, was it, in Leicester Square and watched the worst um, showing I've ever seen in my life because it was just, it was crammed, to, uh, you know, completely packed out and it was mostly kids. And I had these uh, two kids. I was a kid at the same time, obviously. But well, I guess in the, at this time I was um, about 12 or 13 or something. Mm. Anyway, the kids in front of me, they A, they wouldn't stop talking. So like I just saw these two heads like coming together like in front of the film constantly. I, can't, I think this was Empire Strikes Back, but I'm not sure. Mm. Um, and they kept on just coming together. And then they were just like stuffing sweets down their face the whole time during uh. the film. 
a certain point in the film, probably about an hour in, one of them baths. Oh. Like, literally voms, like, <laughs> <laughs> into, like, I guess, hopefully into his, like, sweet bag or something. Oh. But, my God, it fucking stank. It was the most revolting smell ever. So, unfortunately, my only time of seeing um, Impostor Strikes Back at the cinema was completely ruined. And all I can remember from it is this kid vomiting in front of me. Nasty. And man. the smell, just because it just lingered. It just lingered the whole fucking time. So yeah, that was kind of a shame, and that's like that's a pricey, um, that's a pricey show as well. Mm. Obviously, I didn't pay for it at the time because I was with my dad. Yeah. But, but actually, like I fifteen say, quid a ticket. My, my sh- the showing I saw of the Avengers at Hemel. Uh, was was ruined by a bunch of sort of sixteen year olds who had been obviously drinking, and I nipped out halfway through the film to go for a quick piss, and I was really pissed off because I, I was sitting there with a bladder more full than it's ever been ever before, and I was just like, oh my god, I'm literally going to go for a piss in the middle of this film. Ran outside, and then one of the kids was puking in the toilets, and I literally couldn't just could not get the smell out my nose for the rest of the film, just sitting there trying to eat my popcorn. So I thought, mm. oh, you know, because it's still crank, isn't it? Even horrible. if they get rid of it, it's just like psychological, isn't it? You mm. just can't. <clears throat> anyway, that was at the same time being massively into sci-fi is how I got into anime, because um, I then I think it was about that time Ghost in the Shell was released, mm. maybe a little bit before then actually. I can't remember. But anyway, I think I was about the time I watched Ghost in the Shell. And from that, then I watched Akira, and there was, um, on the sci-fi channel, they used to have um, shows on, like, uh, Speed Racer and Guyver, and I just, like, completely just fell in love with anime, and that kind of sent me off in a different direction. And I guess around that time, you know, I finally sort of reached middle teens, Mm. getting onto late teens, and I thought, I can't keep this up now because I'm getting really horny. (laughs) (laughs) and you know liking this stuff back then it doesn't seem to be the case anymore maybe it's just because I'm older I'm not sure which it is but back then this stuff was literally woman repellent (laughs) if you wanted to be repulsive to like the opposite sex you liked Warhammer and you liked sci-fi whatever you know it was a hard place to be in so I kind of <laughs> quite literally yeah. hard place to be. Please touch it. Touch it. <laughs> so I, in my late teens, I literally just got rid of everything, absolutely everything. I got rid of all my many, probably thousands of pounds worth of um, miniatures, um, just anything that was all, any associated with that kind of stuff, and I just moved on. And that was about the time where I started playing like bass guitar in bands and things, and trying to do cool stuff like that. I was like skateboarding was in, mm. and you know, I, I I tried to kind of sh- put away such childish things <laughs> and just like shun my uh, geeky past. And again, I think that's quite a common thing. I've heard a lot of other people say the same thing, but it never leaves you completely. And you always have this uh, pining, you just remember fondly, oh god, I really loved HeroQuest, and I really mm. loved like, all, uh, you know, this yeah, stuff yeah. I used to love, and it just stays with you, and as much as you like, you, you, it's almost like this um, secret uh, thing that you're ashamed of, that you can't really talk to people about unless you find out, oh, you're into that as well, okay, we can probably talk about that. <laughs> There's like a little like Mason's uh, secret talk. society type thing. Like I think we had a moment. Shake. Yeah. Like band practice or something, where yeah. it was just kind of like, 
just gradually feeling like yeah. Do you play Hero Quest? Yeah. <laughs> what about? Did you have they, they this one called Warhammer Quest? I, I, yeah. I've heard of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've got a three thousand point of Hero Quest. Yeah. yeah, it's, it's funny. And um, <clears throat> a few years later, a few years passed. I got it out of my system quite literally. <laughs> All over the place, you know. And I, I had you know girlfriends and um you know just had good times good teenage times getting drunk and like you know i was a bit of a player you know? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm joking I really um <laughs> and um a few years passed and that pining that little noise gets louder and louder and it was around the time amazon and ebay sort of popped up or at least they did in my kind of radar mm. the first thing i bought off ebay was another copy of Hero Quest. <laughs> and the first um, things I bought on Amazon were Labyrinth and Dark Crystal. <laughs> yeah. And from then, basically, I relived my entire youth of rebuying and almost following the same journey again. So it was like, oh, I used to love like this, and so now I'm going to get into these films. And, oh, I used to love like sci-fi, and I want to get all these sci-fi films now. Because this is when DVD was like mm-hmm. as well. Because I'm like getting into collecting DVDs, whereas all the stuff I had as a kid was like VHS and stuff. Yeah. So it was like rebuying all this stuff as DVD, and it's just like, yeah, it's this literal kind of like going around in in a in a circle and just you know sort of gone full circle, and then it happened again, and just um, from like Hero Quest, I was like I was playing it with like a couple of friends. And it was like, oh, do you remember that? It was so cool. And we like had such a good time. But I was like, oh, do you remember um, they did one called like, Warhammer Quest? So like, yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe we should just buy that. It was like, <laughs> and then suddenly, suddenly, like, you know, dropping like 60 quid on that off eBay, which is like a bargain now, because it's like worth like 300 quid or something crazy. Anyway, like buying of that. And then suddenly it's like you say, you don't know, a few years later, it's like, yeah, I've got like 3,000 points of blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I'm going to like a, you know, tournament next week or whatever. And like, and it's yeah, it's just funny how it comes full circle. But basically, I can trace like pretty much everything I love now back to Hero Quest, and it's crazy even because if I think when I met my my wife, I met her at university, and we were living in um, um, you know halls of residence, and she was in the room next to me, and. We were kind of like friends and stuff. Anyway, but when I kind of... One of my um, wooing tactics, you know, to take notes, guys. Okay, <laughs> hang on, yeah. <laughs> I, I was like, you know... I'll, oh, hang on, I'm married. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I, you know, I'd invite her around to watch a film. So, you know, I'd just sort of say, yeah, let's watch a film. And one of, like, the first kind of uh, films we bonded over was Willow. Like, an old Swords and Sorcery film that I'd loved as a kid. And I was like, <clears throat> she loved it as well. And she was like one of her favourite films. And so it's like, that was one of the first things to watch. And, and that was like one of our first, you know, like sparky moments, I guess. And it's just, you know, it's so, so crazy. The more I thought about this, the more I realised that just, I can just trace everything back to like this game. It's so weird. <laughs> it's like Jumanji or something. You know, like, <laughs> it's such a bizarre, like... But, but a nice Jumanji. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it just, yeah, it's just crazy to think how everything can funnel back into, like, one, you know, seemingly, like, throwaway little item that completely changes your life. I've never really thought about it, but I can trace a lot back to HeroQuest as well. <laughs> it's weird, because I remember playing with my friends in primary school and just thinking, this is 
incredible. This mm. is like I get loot. I like I, I, I want to search the chests or whatever. Mm. I can't remember what it is you did. The dice were really simple. I remember. And, yeah, super simple. Yeah. And then that that go, fail. Yeah, that going away when I went got to primary school mm. until I met my group of friends, which is still my group of friends. And I'm going to out them as well in this instance. Um, when they were like, we're into we play Warhammer. Mm. Like, okay, what's that? And then they explained it to me. I'm like, okay, that doesn't sound very cool, but I'm in. Um, and um, then just all of us just spending ridiculous, like every penny we could earn yeah. from any part-time job or whatever on that. Then once again, it going away yeah. so, so I could learn to play guitar. Yeah. Um, and um, then it just like creeping back in when you go, I've got some disposable <coughs> income now. Yeah. I can, I can just, I can buy all that shit. And like my thing was, it was all done in like, I had to make excuses for myself. Like, I couldn't just come out and, like, say, oh, I'm going to do this. So I, I first started doing it as a, it was an investment. It was a, <laughs> it was a means of making money. Because I noticed that, like, um, old models mm. had, like, high prices. as like, a weird sort of antiques... Um, uh, I don't know what you call it. Like, yeah. Subculture? Yeah, exactly, yeah. in, in uh, miniatures. So, like, people like the retro stuff, much like there is in retro video games. Um, you know, people nostalgic adults love like the old stuff from when they were a kid, and so like I know it's like, oh, hang on a minute. So what I used to do was buy these big bulk loads. So I'd search on eBay for like misspellings, <clears throat> so Warhammer or something like, and you'd find some mum selling her kids like she'd like raided the attic or whatever, and she'd brought down a massive box of old Warhams or whatever, <clears throat> and I'd. She'd stick up on events, hey, oh, some fucking models, or whatever. And then, so I, I'd bid on it and win it, and then uh, separate them all out. And I'd keep some stuff and be like, oh, <laughs> I like this one and this one. And then I'd sell off the rest, and I'd like make a profit like every time. And that was kind of my excuse. And then after a while, it was like I'm keeping more and more of these, <laughs> yeah. and selling less and less. And like, you know, it's just, it's funny. It's, yeah, it's just a way of kind of an excuse, basically. I, I find something that will be lost on so many people is being drunk during the daytime and stumbling into games workshop (laughs) and just like I don't buy loads (laughs) 13 year old Dan would love this (laughs) just coming out with armpits waking up the next day and going what have I done this is ridiculous Yeah. I've, I've started a new sex again. Yeah, I've started yeah. a new army. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even play. <laughs> so yeah, I, I understand that. But the, the joys of, of drunk Warhammer buying is something that I think I, I've I've definitely experienced. I remember <laughs> I remember when um, you have to be drunk because then that blurs the prices. And you're just like, <laughs> oh, it's some pounds. Probably not many. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't so, think. I'm making this up that two of my friends went to a rugby game, yeah. then went to, after the rugby game, went to Games Workshop and bought the special edition of Space Hulk when it came out. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah, I got <laughs> yeah. that. They both bought the same one, yeah. It's worth like quite a lot of money now, I understand. Yeah, because they did, um, Games Workshop know exactly what they're doing because they, nowadays, their market is nostalgic mm. grown ups. There are no kids yeah. playing Warhammer now. <laughs> no. Seriously, it's like it's all grown ups because they're the only people with enough money to buy yeah. it. And they, mm. they, they release everything now in um, like limited quantities. So everything is special edition, collector's edition. Mm. So they release like hardback books for like a hundred quid, but they'll only have like a thousand copies. And people lap it up. They sell out like instantly. 
Like it's crazy. Like the pre-orders for Space Opera, remember, it was just yeah. like nuts. It just it just went so quick because I I I sat on it because I was like, oh, I, I would would actually quite like to get like that edition of Space Opera. But I was like, mm, it's like seventy five quid. Is it? Is it? It's a lot of money. Is it worth it? I'll sleep on it. Come back to it next day. Oh, they've all gone. <laughs> it's like, oh, the really? models are amazing in that. Yeah, they really well. are. Really yeah. nice little models. Um, but I, yeah, no, it, it, it comes back every now and then. I think my friends every now and then still. Still dabble. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't. I'm not currently. Um, you know, I've been clean now for. <laughs> <laughs> you know, oh, I haven't thrown a dice in anger in a while, but definitely as as like a, a setting, a world, and something that I think back fondly on is definitely always kind of present. And occasionally, like I'll pull out like board games. Or the, mm. the, the great thing nowadays is there's like tons of ways to experience those IPs without having to shell out like hundreds of pounds on models or yeah. even take time to paint or anything because there are like so many video games like if you go to like the iOS store there's like you can play Space Hulk oh the Warhammer Quest game is amazing Warhammer Quest yeah you can, there, there's like tons of them mm. and um, there's so many books and oh god just all kinds of things and just all kinds of ways and I really like nowadays because through all of this as well, I got into um, board gaming. I would say that's how I got into board gaming, yeah. really. And because it's a much more like toned down version of like things like Warhammer, I guess. And you have to have a rule book for each model. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's handy. And um, yeah, there's uh, Fantasy Flight Games released like a lot of um, games based on um, Games Workshop's IP, so you can kind of enjoy the setting and the characters and the you know the worlds and things, being a much simpler format and a, and a much easier to store and you know to keep up with yeah so I've, I've been really enjoying those as well yeah mm. definitely that's really good I really yeah. thoroughly enjoyed that that was really mine's, good mine's, mine's really going to nice. sound so lame in comparison that's alright yeah, well, who's going to go next should I go next well I'm that um sounds remarkably familiar to me as well a lot of what you're saying I think a lot of people went on this very similar journey Mm. Weird how not many people went down the Space Crusade route. No, that's that's a really good point. I've completely forgot to bring up Space Crusade. Because, mm. yeah, Space Crusade was um, the sci-fi equivalent of HeroQuest that was, again, Milton Bradley, Games Workshop, collaboration, mm. released at the same time to have the same sort of effect. I don't know whether it's just at that age, like the kind of target audience at that age, whether just kids are more inclined to lean towards sword mm. and sorcery. Maybe it's like an easier thing to understand. Like I, because, you know, kids... What I did anyway run, was running around like the woods with you know bamboo sticks with um, washing line. There's like a bow and arrow mm. and stuff. It's like kids get that kind of thing. You know they're not like space marines. They're <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know they're Robin Hood or like they're knights or whatever. Very different. It's like when days. you see kids running around castles and things, and they've got like you know the sword and shield from the gift shop and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I just think like kids lap <clears throat> lap that stuff up. And so I, I guess like sci-fi, something you get into a bit later on, maybe. Yeah. So yeah, maybe that's why Space Crusade. Didn't take off as much. I, I I don't know that for definite. I don't know like the figures of what what they sold, but but I did um, get into Space Crusade. Actually, mm. I forgot to mention. Um, <clears throat> but mainly through I, I was in Woolworths and they had a bargain bin of PC games, and I found like Hero Quest video game. And I was like, holy shit, there's a Hero Quest video game. So I like picked it up, and then they had the Space Crusade one as well, and and like I. I knew what Space Crusade because in HeroQuest they have like they had you know the advertising leaflets yeah, yeah. and things and it would have it on there and that's and the HeroQuest one I tried booting up and I put it in my really old computer 
And the key binding on that game was just made by a complete lunatic. <laughs> so I literally, like, I, it had a cursor. So you think, okay, I'll use the mouse to, like, move the cursor. No, mouse does nothing. <laughs> so I'm there, like, desperately trying to use the mouse. I was like, okay, so oh, fine, it's not the mouse. It must be the arrow keys. So I'm, like, pushing the arrow keys. No, no, no. <laughs> it, honestly, it, it took, I, I literally gave up. And it was only, like, years later I found out the keys are something like to move the cursor right is P and to move it left is Q. <laughs> and it's, I'm not joking, it's, it's, it's so obtuse. <laughs> like, it's so cryptic that I never got to play that game until, like, years later where I eventually figured this stuff out. But this, the Space Crusade one was much better. Yeah. And that was really easy to use and I just had, like, a ton of fun um, playing that. Game. Mm. That, was good. that was a good fun game yeah oh, definitely it's got a kick ass theme tune as well mm. I don't know if you remember it but Man Alive it's, it's so good it's like this ridiculous like, it's like an 8 minute long prog um, metal song that like literally changes the whole time whoever recorded that and came up with it they were like having such a good time and it was so wasted on a game that no one would ever come on to play <laughs> it's just like it's epic seriously did you ever um, collect White Dwarf I imagine you'd probably do. Yeah, I was the, um, yeah, religiously, like on um, every month, and I was the kid on the school bus reading White Dwarf. Do you remember they um, used to advertise like bands, like Warhammer themed bands, like Bolt Thrower? That was really early on, yeah. 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 I, I'm, a, I'm a sort of fan of Bolt Thrower through, um, mm. through 4K. I've got a box of old White Dwarfs upstairs. Oh, nice, really. Well, at some point, yeah, we'll I lost all mine. Yeah. I, I chucked them all away. Oh, man, I'd love to have a flip through them, actually. We'll do that at some point, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Tom is the king. Decidedly more yeah, parent nerds. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we've out we've out geeked Tom. No, no, no. I like I like this. <clears throat> this is you know this was the like you said it was the getting to know all about you kind of thing that I I liked. But I, you know I now know this mm. about you. It's it's much more acceptable <clears throat> than it ever has been to find <clears throat> it. I mean you know it's acceptable to be a person, and I fully accept this to, to be someone who runs into the woods. Uh, as an adult with a short <laughs> that's true short. lower larping yeah exactly so, exactly yeah which which whatever you've seen that YouTube video it's a really old YouTube video of like um, these larpers and there's this guy just chucking tennis balls at someone in an orc costume mm. just shouting legging booked legging booked but it's 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 that's it's great so I mean I think th- this is the perfect time to say hello my name is Dan <laughs> and I have, within the last years, last mm. two years, bought something from Games Workshop. I mm. think I wouldn't say I'm a huge collector, but I, you know, I did it as a teenager. I got the piss taken out of me then. So, yeah. Anyway, let's. Let, I'll, I'll do mine because it's going to be considerably quicker than yours because I haven't. Sorry, really yeah, I did no, no, no. As in, your, yours was amazing. Yeah, it was fantastic. Yeah, <laughs> it was absolutely fantastic. That was That's, breathtaking. Yeah, it was really cool. <laughs> I didn't know that about you. I've, 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 I've known you for. Mm. Fuck, what is it now? Seven years? Yeah, must seven or eight years? Yeah. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, I mean, in a band together for a, for a fair few years and things, and we used to shit the shit we were about random so stuff. So cool. <laughs> yeah, because we were so cool and heterosexual yeah, with, yeah. with women. Um, and, yeah, I never, never knew anything. Yeah, it's, it's a difficult thing to admit, to be honest. Mm. I'll be honest, it's like, it's Eve, I would say even now, even now, there are like people I would not talk to this about. Yeah, I think you're probably right. Like I wouldn't just like just casually mention it at work. Yes, <laughs> no. Get the, well, I would. Out of me you've just you just told all of our listeners. Well, the thing is, I'm comfortable <laughs> doing it on a podcast like this because I figure like 
I reckon there probably will be certain people with a sort of voyeuristic um, inclination to just mm. like click on one of the pods and be like, oh, they're doing like a, you know, Sean's in like a podcast. I'll just have a quick like listen, see what mm. it sounds like. Mm. And then they'd listen for literally like 30 seconds when then we're like, fucking Star Wars, it's amazing. <laughs> and then they'd be like, oh, fucking, I can't listen to this. Whereas if they're into this stuff, then they get this far and then it's like, okay, well, you can listen to this and I'll chat about it. You know. They're still listening. They're literally clutching their copy of Hero Quest, yeah. crying. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I've forsaken you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I had uh, someone I work with. Uh, I had the whole the, the rigmarole that mm. you go through to. Yeah, I've collected this in the world. Yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah I, I've, I've been in the shop, you know, and then yeah. eventually, yeah, I've got far too much. Um, anyway, yeah. So mine, mine's much more simple, um, and. Whilst I thought I'd be quite specific about a certain area of geekdom that I really got into um, at a relatively young age, which was <clears throat> comics. Mm. Um, so really it stems from the fact that in, I think it's 1992, uh, there was a comic, a cartoon that was on every Saturday morning, which was the X-Men mm. animated series. Yeah, And I was... Probably too old for it, or at the time I felt like I was too old for it because I was made to feel like I was too old for it. Because I was still <laughs> watching it when everyone else was, uh, you know, playing football and stuff. Or so. whacking off. I was just whacking off. Yeah, <laughs> I, I wasn't doing that. So I, I got into it heavily. Got into it. Um, I, I loved this series. This TV series was. If I could watch, I tape it and rewatch like old episodes. Like over and over again, I'd, I'd watch the same. I can remember the same three episodes I'd watch because I had a favourite X Men, and he's still my favourite, um, which is uh, Gambit. And mm. I'd watch the one where he went home, and like he had to take over his thieves guild. Um, and then I'd watch the one where uh, Rogue is going to become. Well, spoilers. <laughs> she uh, doesn't know but she's heading towards becoming one of the four horsemen of the apocalypse and he stops her and I watched the, uh, the apocalypse uh, yeah, the yeah, 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 yeah of course um, and I would watch the one <laughs> the one where they stop the sentinels and oh no no there, there was another one I watched as well one where they stop the sentinels and Rogue admits she likes Gambit and, and I know, and and but anything with Gambit in, I was obsessed with. So that led to me discovering our local comic shop mm. in St Albans. Is that really? Has that been going that long? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's uh, Chaos City. Chaos City Comics. Mm. Yeah, which I'll, I'll happily give a plug to. It's a great comic shop, um, and um, they used to have like a ten p bin comics for ten p's, ten p, and I'd have like like two quid on me, and that's like. A lot of comics. A lot of comics, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd, I'd go in, I'd go in with my two pounds and come out with, mm. with like twenty comics, mm. and <clears throat> they'd all be crap. It was the nineties wasn't kind of Marvel, hence why they sold a lot of their film rights to like Fox and Sony because they were pretty much going bankrupt. They were making enough comics to fulfill orders, and that was it. And they really? they were they were very nearly uh, out of the game entirely. Really? Yeah, wow. yeah. I didn't know that. They, did, they were doing very badly in the 90s. Mm. Um, so that kind of went away for a bit uh, in the same way that the, the Warhammer obsession went away as mm. well. Mm. And uh, I started playing guitar. I, I went to a boys' school that uh, my group of 
boyfriend started hanging out with this group of girlfriends. So Don's got boyfriends. Don's got boyfriends. So in the script, Don's got boyfriends. And that's they are still the group of friends that I hang out with. Did mm. hang out with. That I, that I, I, I'm just friends let with it all today. hang out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Point, you know, <laughs> that point when when people were asking me, "What do you do?" I, the, the answer, if if nowadays I could happily say, "What's one thing you you really enjoy?" <coughs> uh, collecting comics, like older comics if possible. Uh, I really like so and so, and I think you know a lot of girls would find that attractive. I know for a fact, um, probably my current girlfriend being someone mm. that would find that appealing but at the time no I'm just learning guitar you know because I'm in a band (laughs) so are you any good we are I've learnt four chords (laughs) Um, that's all you need really yeah so Um, we got our first gig where is it it's that church hall (laughs) (laughs) Um, seriously Oasis built a career on four chords true fucking one chord one of our first one of our first songs was Live Forever by Oasis so (laughs) Um, oh, I was in a band of like Oasis covers as well. <laughs> yeah, because we all had the we same. Called Open All Hours. That's a good name. <laughs> we were we were the uh, Ten Ton Hamsters. What? Ten Ton Hamsters. Yeah, yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so it sounds a bit gay, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> Does it matter if it does? Yeah, <laughs> that's fine. Um, I will. Um, yeah. So then that disappeared for a bit, and then uh, the Spider-Man film came out, and the X-Men film came out uh, in reverse order. Mm. and I started feeling the urge again mm. to go back to the comic shop and I went in and just did not understand anything that was going on in the comics <laughs> so you just have to kind of go I'm going to pick this one up because I like the cover Yeah. reading the comic no idea what's going on and I'll pick this one up and I'll pick this one up and then this seems to happen it's, it's now just kind of part of my life but this seemed to happen for like there'd be a break for two, three years and then I'd go back into the comic shop and go, no idea and then all of a sudden mm. I'd be right on board with everything that was going on because I'd be spending a fortune every week. Um, and it just seems to be something I can't seem to shake. Like, mm. I will... I don't think I've got a complete collection of anything <clears throat> because it's something I will... For, for one reason or another, whether it's just because I lose interest or whether it's because... Um, I just don't have time to go to a comic shop every week. Yeah. Like, like for a couple of weeks, and then it's like, oh, I'm so behind, I won't bother with that now. But now, as an adult, I tend to go for the the collections, the trade paperbacks, the graphic novels, the bigger ones, which yeah, are complete stories. I must admit, that's what I always go for. I've never been able to collect comics because I, I suck at it, like you say. I yeah. just, I, I forget to go get it, or I just, I, I lose interest or because it's so staggered like you read a comic it's like such a short bit and you're just like ah oh, I just want to read the next bit but you don't have it yeah so yeah I much prefer just like buying graphic novels I, I much prefer comics I like mm. I love comics there's something really nice about just banging and boarding a comic and then yeah. every now and then just pulling it out having a flick through it I think there's something quite not, I don't want to say erotic that's wrong <laughs> but there's something quite just, just whether it's a case of nostalgia or they have a nice feel to them. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's the most erotic thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just pre it. I'd much rather ha- own comics. I'd much rather have a really nice comic collection than these... You know, yeah. yeah. But but they're just way more practical for what I do. 
Um, and then, you know, that got me into the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which I'm heavily invested in now, uh, as everyone is. And So I'm still hanging on what you said, uh, that paper comics are more uh, appropriate for what I do. And in my head, I'm like... I'm not. I'm not sure what he means by that. It I, sounds, I'm not it someone. A bit odd, but I'm not someone that will go into a comic shop. Well, I kind of am, but generally, I'm not good at collecting something week by week. I'll miss a week, and that will bug me if I miss a mm. week. I haven't got a complete run, at least. So I, I'm. I forced myself to just pick up, like even the hardbacks. As soon as it comes out, I'll buy it. I don't mind if it's hardback, but. At least I've got a complete collection. At least I've got a decent story, something I can flip through. Yeah, yeah. Something that will take me longer than Those a quarter of an hour to read. Like huh? yeah, the compendiums. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the, well, the trade paperbacks, the graphic novels, that kind of thing. And yeah. and, and I, I, it's, I've got, you know, a half decent collection of that. But that, that's comics just spanned from a cartoon that was on when mm. I was in the 90s, which was a great cartoon as well. Yeah, I used to love that as well. And again, a great theme tune. Oh, excellent theme tune, mm. yeah. Definitely. With the X Men, yeah, that's 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 that sounds you know dead bang yeah. on. That wasn't it. Bang on, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> it was amazing theme tune. And then there was the Batman animated series at the same time, which mm. I'm Batman. There you go. Yep. Yeah, dead on is, again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I I look back on fondly now, but at the time I don't think I watched it as much as I watched the X Men one. But now when I watch the Batman, mm. the theme Batman. tune's a bit shit though, wasn't it? For what Batman? Oh come on! Well, no, I mean I just you sang it then. You know what I mean? Me. It was just a bit. I'm Batman. I'm Batman. <laughs> yeah, that yeah that version. Yeah. Yeah. Killing all the Gotham people, <laughs> but I'm not killing them. I was about to just say, just standing just Tom, Tom, Tom. <laughs> yeah. Batman doesn't kill people. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, this is over. Cut. <laughs> 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 it's funny that you mentioned it was like um, it was Spider Man and X Men the films. Yeah. That got you back in like, You just reminded me. For me, yeah, it was the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Oh really? Yeah, that's what got me like thinking about like fantasy again and like swords and sorcery and stuff. It was around that time. It was mm. like early two thousands. So I was like, oh, I need this back in my life. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Sorry, it's bringing back I'm to me again. I'm Gandalf, and I'm here to save the day. <laughs> <laughs> right, the I'm not, I'm not grey at all. I'm white. <laughs> but yeah, there's there's something really nostalgic about just comics to me. Just I, I, I'm, I know I'm not the I'm not the first person to say that, but just the, the feel of a comic, just flicking through it, just a, a perfect mm. comic, something really erotic. Oh, really erotic. Really erotic, really erotic about really that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was really chuffed when I went, I went to Car Boots Out yeah. and found um, someone selling uh, the full set of Street Fighter 2 comics from the early 90s. <laughs> yes. So I picked up them. I was like really chuffed because I had them when I was a kid. Like, I, know, I, used to I think I've got a few of them upstairs. Have you? Yeah. Yeah. I've got a complete set, so... <laughs> I picked up a um, complete set of Preacher. Moving on. The, 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 the trade paperbacks. Oh, yeah. Uh, I got them from a charity shop for about £10 with a whole lot. Nice. Unreal. That's amazing. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, Tom. I don't apologise. No, this is lovely. I, I, I just didn't know these things about you. Mm. It's, you know? <laughs> it's, it's your turn, I believe. Mm. Well, mine is... Anyway, that's enough this <laughs> week. So Anyway, we've reached yeah. the hour mark. So. <laughs> um... Yeah, so I'll keep it. I'll keep it. Um, I'll keep it short. Um, it's funny. We were talking about the Hero Quest adventure books, and actually, probably the earliest memory I have of something that potentially back then was, as you <coughs> said, Sean, woman repellent. <laughs> not, not that I may have known it at the time, because I think I was about eleven or twelve, mm. 
um, and I was at an all boys school at the time was the um, Steve Jackson and Ian Livingston yes. oh. fighting fantasy yeah. books which suddenly popped into my head as soon as I saw that Hero Quest book I was like because mm. I was I was absolutely convinced when I was planning or not planning <laughs> scheming what to say <laughs> when I was when I was thinking about what to say um you know, in this section, I was thinking, well, potentially it was actually when my grandma, um, she used to go to boot fairs quite a lot, and she picked me up a copy of um, Empire Strikes Back on VHS, mm. and that was the only Star Wars film I had. I didn't see Star Wars A New Hope first or anything like that. Literally, it was Empire Strikes Same Back. Same with me, Return of the Jedi. Yeah, yeah. So, so Empire Strikes <clears throat> Back was the only one I had, and I, I watched that. And initially I thought, that was, that was it, actually. That was probably the geeky thing. But as soon as I saw those... Hero books. I was like, oh no, actually, it started a lot earlier. And it did, and it was the fighting fantasy books that I was absolutely obsessed with, and I loved them. And I have a massive collection. Really? At home still. Oh, nice. Um, I was still got mine. So. Yeah, I, I found you know like the Vault of the Vampire and uh, Death Trap Dungeon, uh, the uh, uh, what well, Beneath Nightmare Castle, and yeah, I mean, Beneath Nightmare Castle was the first one I, I ever had, and, I, and, and my copy of it is dock-eared because I played it over and over and over mm. and over and over and over and over and over again. And I loved it. And I, in fact, I even had, because um, my grandma knew I liked that sort of book, she got me a Nightmare uh, oh, wow. version of it. Yeah. I, have, I have that somewhere. I've got the Nightmare one. I've got I, two I, of them, yeah, I, yeah. I don't know where it is. I th- I'm pretty sure it's at my mum and dad's house, and I really should dig that up and keep hold of it, because someone somewhere down the line... Will will suddenly want it and it'll spike in value and I'll just be sitting there looking at it going. I was going to say with fight, fighting fancy. I think am I right in thinking some of those are valuable? Yeah, probably some of them are. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, maybe I, I could be wrong on that. I could be wrong. There's, there's got to be because I mean, I, I mean, I've got. <laughs> there was loads of spin-off fighting fancy books as well. Loads, but well, I mean, uh, the the ones that I mean, I I remember that was the most was the ones that were written by both. Mm. Authors, yeah, but there were a lot that was that spun off. In fact, I have a, a copy of the Riddling Reaver, okay, which was a which was a kind of dungeon master adventure book where it was you know you would use the book as something to read out to people and oh, they nice. would play it. You know, yeah. it was really cool, and I really i i there is still a part of me to this day that regrets that I never got the chance to actually properly play it yeah. I just read it I've got a lot of things like that actually. you know and, I, and, and there is that still that part of me that kind of twinges and I, I and every time I see it I read it you know my wife my wife will take the piss sometimes but I but I know that it's sort of out of affection and things like that for sort of like you know that sort of, those geeky moments but I, I really do regret not having ever got the chance to play the Riddling Reaver properly are you aware that you can um, play some of these things as really wonderful um, iOS games now no, no, I was not aware. That you this can was... play Steve Jackson um, fighting fantasy books and with proper graphics, and so you like, um, yeah. <laughs> so well, you know, like you click up. and then <laughs> it comes up with the text, and then you tap what you want to do, and you've got all your kind of stamina and gold and rations and items and things. So it plays like a video game, but it's a fighting fantasy book, and it is le- the legit fighting fantasy book huh. from, from back in the day. How much do they? Cost. Uh, generally a few quid, a few quid per one, and they're they're amazing. They're they're like really really good. I did, I had no idea. Yeah, you need to get on that. Yeah, because there's there's a bunch. They're like they're not all of them. Like this one, um, the ones I have played are the sorcery ones, which I think were one of the spin-off yeah, ones. Yeah, yeah, they were. Uh, it was, um, it was just Steve Jackson. Yeah, Steve Jackson's sorcery. So there's it's in three parts. Um, one, two, three. And actually, I've only done the first two actually, and it remembers your progress. You get um, a save code 
after you kind of finish your game. So then you, it remembers all the items you had and whatnot, and, and yeah, the decisions you made, the things to move on to the next part of the story. They're superb. So I recommend awesome. them to everyone. That is fucking awesome. Mm. I will be yeah. Right, okay, I'm going to get through this so I can get home and start downloading some of these things. Um, <coughs> so it was after that that my dad got the first computer that we had, which was Lake Acorn Archimedes, and I got into games like Lemmings and, um, yeah. you know, Twin World and uh, Swiv and, and kind of arcade Swiv! Do you remember Swiv? Fuck, that was a great game. Yeah, yeah it was a really good, really good game. Isn't it SW4? No, the helicopter game. Yeah. Well, it might Swift. be SW4, but everyone I always call it Swift. Swift. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I could be wrong. I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> you, wrong. you could be, and are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, and, uh, I, I mean, I, I loved playing all the games on the computer and stuff. My dad was absolutely obsessed with Lemmings, and that, you know, that was really cool. But I kind of got to a point where I sort of realised that my dad started... Uh, kind of... I mean, encouraging is probably actually kind of a soft word for it, but was kind of trying to push me in the direction of you should play, you're, you're a man, you should be playing rugby, or you're a man, you should, shouldn't be interested in video games, you should be playing rugby, uh, uh, sorry, no, not rugby, you should be watching Formula One, or you should be, you know, kind of watching sports and stuff like that. So I kind of like, I kind of took it to heart, and I was like, oh, you know, I, fucking, I should. So I started, you know, started playing sports and uh, and stuff, and, um, you, you know, sort of kind of shying away from that kind of stuff. But little things would kind of enter my life uh, over the years in between and, and actually like I said The Empire Strikes Back on VHS was one of those things that kind of my grandma would every Christmas she'd put together a bag of presents for me and my sister and unwrap them I remember unwrapping once was Empire Strikes Back and once on Christmas Day when it all kind of you know kind of calms down on Christmas Day after lunch I went and uh, upstairs to the, to the family room and popped uh, Empire Strikes Back in, in the video player and just watched it and was like this is brilliant. Like this is so good. I, and you know, it was like it, I mean, so it it's a depressing film because it ends depressingly. Mm. Um, <clears throat> but it had scenes like the carbon freezing scene. It had the battle between Luke and Darth Vader, and you know, it was cinematically. It was just like I, I mean, I'd never seen anything like it before. It was just it was just enthralling from start to finish. Until you watched Attack of the Clones, right? Yeah, totally. <laughs> and I realised you know what a what a proper film that actually looks like. You know, if you remove eighty percent of the um, stuff that makes it terrible. Um, no, sorry, just eighty percent of the film, isn't it? It's not defined by whether it's bad or good. It's just eighty percent of the film. But if you remove the stuff that makes it terrible, <laughs> yeah, it becomes possible. Um, and yeah, so that was it. And I, you know, I, I just would I would watch things. And after watching The Empire Strikes Back, I asked my mum if I could um, if I could rent Star Wars from the video shop. So I did, and then I um, rented Return of the Jedi. And then, like you said about um, one of your relatives giving you the videos as they came out, is that suddenly I was being given Star Wars videos, people, you know, because I say, oh, I really enjoy Empire Strikes Back, they're like, oh, I saw another Star Wars video, and I'd get, like, a series of Ewoks or something like that, or a series of droids, or, you know, <laughs> and start hoovering up more and more. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, but then, you know, into the video game culture, which I think is what kind of, is probably the area where I'm more geeky than most, than most other areas, apart from, you know, maybe... Twilight fan fiction things like that. Um, <laughs> Your Twilight fan fiction is excellent. Yeah, was my grandma picked up a NES uh, at a 
um, a car boot sale. And this was years after the NES was released. And it was just, she said, oh, I found it at a car boot sale. So I hooked it up and I started playing Mario 3 and had a great time on it, you know, and it was it was brilliant. And then uh, and, then, and this was around the same time the N64 was released. So I bought an N64 when I asked my mum. You're playing the NES around the time the N64 was released. Yeah. So you skipped two generations. Yeah, exactly. Wow. So I got the N64 and, it, and the bundle I had came with Mario and I got GoldenEye shortly after when it was launched. Uh, and those two games pretty much... Uh, I mean, the GoldenEye especially is the root of my love for playing multiplayer games specifically with my friends. Mm. Uh, and I have the most unoriginal group of like close friends that I've known since school in that I'm Tom, one of my best friends is Tom, and one of my best men was Tom. Uh, this Tom and then the other two are both called Chris so it's basically just Tom and Tom and Tom and Chris and Chris and, uh, and that's it and they were <coughs> they were all my best men at my wedding that you both were you mm. both were at and um, we just played Goldeneye all the time because Goldeneye had no network access or anything like that it was just four people playing around on the levels and it was just fucking brilliant we, we spent nights and of course that translated into Halo and then Halo 2 and Halo 2 is probably the game that absolutely personified our love of the multiplayer things. We used to go on as a party and we used to go and trash everyone else. And we we spent summers, entire summers playing this. Um it was just it was just brilliant. I, I can't I can't remember memories that quite fill me with such happiness as those 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 things because it was the summers between uh the university terms that Halo two was still around. It was before Halo three came out. And we would just we would just play Halo Two into the wee hours. It was just on and on and on. And such such long amounts of time played on it. That was it. And I, I'm convinced that while Steve Jackson and Lee Livingston started it all off, Halo Two is what sealed my fate. Mm. <coughs> I was, ever since then, I've just been obsessed, and I love I love gaming as much as I can. I mean, admittedly, I have a child now, which kind of puts a dampener. Well, not a dampener, but it, it limits the <laughs> yeah, exposure well, I can give myself. For now. For now, until he's I'm, of an age that I can start sharing it with him and control into his yeah, absolutely. House. Until you're going up to him and going, "You'll never guess what Disney Infinity figure I found." <laughs> <laughs> I cannot wait for those days. Yeah. Infinity 3.0 or yeah, whatever yeah. it is by then. Are you aware of um, Steve Jackson and Ian Livingston? It's funny you mentioned that. Steve Jackson went on to make Games Workshop. Yeah. Yes, and Ian Livingston, <coughs> creator of Tomb Raider. Branching path of interesting. Yeah, Ian Livingstone was doing Games Workshop as well, didn't he? I thought maybe. Yeah, it could have been. But um, it's interesting. Tomb Raider was one of the first. uh, Well, it wasn't actually Doom. No, Wolfenstein 3D was one of the first piece of of games I ever played. (laughs) But Tomb Raider is probably one of the most memorable Mm. piece of games that I owned when it was launched Mm. back in the day. Yeah, love that. So, like I said, mine is mine is completely different. Mine started from a different. Well, no, actually, no. All three of our stories start with an adventure yeah. fantasy world of sorts. Yeah, it's it's potentially <clears throat> just shows you a bit by that sort of. Bug, did you not it? play? Did you not? Were you aware of Hero Quest? I was aware of it. I saw okay. adverts for it, and it, I think I, I would imagine that it's one of those things back then that I was um, kind of wanting to play, but never got the chance to. Mm. Either because someone was telling me that I shouldn't be doing it because I was a man, or you know, well, not in eighty eight, nineteen eighty nine to nineteen 
91. You weren't, were you? Uh, <laughs> no, similar I, think age, I, I think that was definitely. I think I was definitely. St- I was definitely getting pressure. Really? Yeah, even at that, that young age. age. Yeah, yeah. Bear in mind, my dad went to um, boarding school when he was eight years old. He was sent away by his parents. Really? Yeah. My my grandfather uh, was the latest at that point in a long line of military um, okay. fathers yeah. who had sent their kids off to school, and their kids were kind of expected to join the army and, and things like that afterwards. Okay. So, um, yeah, so it was, you know, in Dad's mind, it was like, well, I was on my own when I was eight years old, so you should be... Really? You know, wow, so harsh. It's funny, isn't it? I, you see, I, I remember being a teenager and my parents just rolling their eyes as I opened the present they bought me and just being necromunda. Oh, nice. And I was like, you, this is the best ever. And they're like, yeah, yeah, sure. But, sure you don't want some beer. But <laughs> yeah. what, what, is, what is so awesome yeah. is that... They get it anyway. Yeah, mm. yeah. Like, I mean, that's that's the bit that always kills me. Stories like this is that like, you build parents always going, "Oh, I've got them now." It was it was running a parallel though because I got that and I remember getting like four or five CDs as well. Yeah, and just being like really into. It. I remember a birthday where they're like, "Look, we don't really know what to buy you, so we'll just take you shopping and going to Games Workshop and going to our price." <clears throat> And those being the two places I really wanted to go, mm. just the music and the. Do you have associations? Because I was thinking like there were certain things I associate with HeroQuest, like mm. music, the music that was out at the time. So like, um, whenever I hear "Ordinary World" by Duran Duran, oh really? <laughs> it makes me think of HeroQuest <laughs> and "Why" by Annie Lennox. Mm. These like early nineties. Um, like, I've got there's a few some more as well. few songs from uh, the Brit Awards album 1994 that I bought. Okay, because I got that the same day. That was this shopping trip. I got that the same day. I got my Warhammer 40k box set. Yeah, you know, the the um, one at time I think it was the third edition or something, but it might be second. But uh, that, no one really cares about that. <laughs> um, I, but, kind of, I kind of do. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I associate the songs on that album mm. with this. Probably being like my most memorable birthday, just like the, the, everything I got was awesome. That, that year. And um, but then the, there's gaming memories as well. So like mm. where you had Halo Two or, or uh, Goldeneye, I had Time Splitters Two. Oh, that was a great game. And playing it with my mates, I had the uh, the four way controller thing that you could just plug into. Um, nice. Yeah, in the PS Two. Yeah. So there'd be, you had four players. Yeah, yeah. And then my mate got a PS Two and he picks up Time Splitters Two and he's like, you know, we can just hook these up by a cable and I remember one night and I must have been old enough to drink so I must have been 19, 20 probably um, and <clears throat> I was having two TVs opposite each other with two teams of four uh, one shot kills no time limit no death limit and just spending all night on this one level each of us has a sniper rifle uh, in teams of four and any time anyone moved they'd die basically because everyone knew exactly where everyone was and just passing around a bottle of whiskey as we were playing Time Splitters 2 that's pretty we must have played it about four in the morning that's awesome and it's like it's just it's things like that that's a happy memory and you know it doesn't matter what we enjoy really does it it's no that's, this is I just think if something makes you happy then what the hell can possibly be wrong with it Exactly. As long as it doesn't hurt other people. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I really yeah, like yeah, yeah. scalping people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I like making suits of people's skin. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. Don't do that. Yeah, I was. I, I just think you you can't be too old for anything. Mm. I just think if you still find it fun, then, then what the hell's the problem with it? 
Um, I was really sad. I was in Toys R Us the other day, and there was like some young kid, and there was like this mum and a kid walking out, and she'd obviously bought me something that she wasn't really happy with, and like she swung open the door. And this, kid, this kid must have been like under ten. I'm sure he was. And she anyway, she swung open the door. She's like, "You're too old for that." <laughs> and I was just like, "Oh, I just broke my heart because I just thought." What could he possibly be too old for? He's like nine yeah. years old. It's like there's nothing, is yeah. there? Like, oh, it's just it, nappies, maybe. Well, yeah, maybe. <laughs> I assumed it was a toy. <laughs> Brush out a toy. Yeah, you're making me think twice now. <laughs> no. I don't know. I Can't have busy. <laughs> it's funny now. I mean, I. <clears throat> yeah, it's something that resonates with me a lot, and mm. did resonate with me a lot. Um, before uh, having Vinny, mm. you know, uh, sort of living with Jolie and stuff like that, is that she was always really um, encouraging with all that sort of stuff, all the mm. kind of things that I felt like I should probably have left behind me and things like that. She was always really kind of willing and encouraging to be like, why don't you go and play some video games while I'm doing this? Like, why, why don't you go and sit down and read some of your graphic novels or, or you know, just yeah. chill out and things? And I don't know, it kind of took a it took a while to sort of come back round to it and kind of stop thinking about what people are telling me I should have been doing yeah. to actually kind of going, do you know what, I'm actually, now I don't live with my parents anymore, I don't quite feel so guilty about doing the things that I enjoy doing. Um, you know, and, and that's so great that, like, you know, that's how you know you've got a keeper. Hmm. When they encourage and you to do things. Yeah. Jade did the same thing with me with video games. I went off video games for a a while, like a good sort of few years, and she was always like, oh, "Why don't you play one of your games?" Because people would still buy me games, or even I'd like pick up one and just not really play it. I'd mm. play it for a little bit, and just couldn't get into it, mm. and I just didn't really know what was missing. But yeah, she was always like, "Oh, just why don't you play one of your games? You got to play one of your games. Sit down and play video games." And even now that I'm like constantly playing video games, she still encourages it. <laughs> like, she still doesn't mind that I sit there and just you know spend like three hours on. Uh, Xenoblade Chronicles at a time whatever <laughs> I put a hundred hours into that game in four weeks bloody hell oh. I gotta say it's it quite funny I am um, uh, on Games with Gold at the moment is the Wolf Among Us yeah. Telltale game I've been, I've been advised that's really good which I, I downloaded I'm now on the third episode and it's actually at the point where instead of me and Jodie sitting down to like watch House or something like that we're literally sitting down I'm playing the wolf among us mm. and she's sitting next to me say you know sort of suggesting things to do and like oh man, go, go to Tweedledum's office or something like, you know and it's like it's, it's so nice to just sit there and she's like she's really getting to the story like mm. really kind of like oh my god that's amazing oh my god I didn't see that coming I just think it's brilliant I'm just really glad that, that the kind of culture has or the society has kind of caught up with 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 nerd culture to a certain extent. Now I can have a conversation with pretty much anyone at work mm. about certain things, like that I really enjoy. So I can talk about um, I can talk about the games I've played, and people are, more people are playing games than ever. Or I can even talk about comics, and people have an understanding of comic characters through the films mostly, but they know. So they'll. It's just nice that we live in a, a fairly accepting world in terms of the stuff we actually really enjoy yeah definitely I think you find most people have enjoyed that stuff in the past but yeah. maybe again it's just like were embarrassed by it didn't want to admit yeah. it and then you know nowadays it's just yeah like you say it's just you know you just find out these things about people oh okay you like that that's mm. weird 
Definitely. I have a pack of Lego of Ray's speeder from The Force Awakens, that little speeder she's got, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, industrial thing, yeah. Yeah. sitting unopened and will never be opened on one of my shelves at home. Mm. And I could not be more proud of it. That's <laughs> <laughs> essentially where this ends for me. Yeah. I, I, I bought uh, Poe Dameron's X-Wing. Of course you did. As like, I got some money for my birthday. And this is something you do when you're like a kid. <laughs> That's money for my birthday, so I bought some Lego. No, I got some, I'm 34, and I got some money for my birthday, and I bought Poe Dameron's X-Wing, and on one of my days and my week off, uh, I put it together. Nice. And I have, That's awesome. And I really do you want to know time. something even awesomer? What? I saw uh, in Tesco's recently, they've got a brand new Lego kit of the carbon freezing chamber. Yeah, I've seen that, yeah. With Han Solo in it. I It's 20 quid, and I'm going to grab it, because I, I guarantee you, in about four or five years' time... Mm it's not going to be on sale anymore. No. And it's going to be worth a fortune. So this is what I always say to people with Lego, and it, and it's a true thing. When it comes to stuff like this, buy two copies. Build one and yeah. love it. Stick the other one in the loft and just leave it there because eventually it's going to be worth money. And that is actually the investment because you get to enjoy it. Um, and you've also got... And they're only like 20 quid or something. So like, mm. if you bought one kit a month, I mean, you know, you look at the people who spent 120 quid on the Death Star... Hmm. Lego model that thing's worth fifteen hundred to two thousand hmm. pounds now, and hmm. and that went out and that was only released about six years ago. My yeah. only worry with things like that is that trends will change and yeah, like no, beanie, beanie babies. Think, think about how long Lego's been around. Yeah, yeah, but it's not. Has it always been as valuable? Is it? Yeah. Right, but think about how long Lego's been around when it's had good licenses. Yeah, and how important Lego is now as a toy to toy retailer. There's, there's such a thing as oversaturated. Have you ever market? walked into mm. a toy retailer that doesn't have Lego? No, but now look, I used to be the editor of a toy trade magazine. <laughs> this, this this is one industry I know. Lego yeah. almost went down the pan about yeah. a decade ago, simply because they were treating retailers like shit. Once they wised up their ideas a little bit, yeah, and started getting these really strong licenses on board, that's when their business went went huge. And look at them now. They're a global empire. Yeah. They've gone from being a European operation to a global empire. It, it's never going to lose value. Not yet. Not while there's still stuff coming out. Because kids these days want stuff like Lego. Hmm. Video games like Minecraft just reinforce well, even the, Lego the play games. style of Lego. And the Lego games. Have you, um, can I recommend something? Um, when Vinny's old enough, yes. buy Lego Dimensions. I will. Because I bought Lego Dimensions. And it's amazing. It's so much fun. Just uh, roaming through Oz um, as Batman with Gandalf <laughs> and just, just beating up flying monkeys. Love it. It's perfect. And then there's a bit where you have to build the portal so it stops and then the Lego instructions come up on the screen <laughs> and then like talks you through how to build it and put it together and stuff. Really, really cool. Anyway, we should sign off. We've gone. I think so. Yep, we're well over. What's, what are we on? 115. Wow. Mm. 115 mm. yeah okay that's okay then that's alright let's wrap up cool that was really good I enjoyed that mm. so thanks for listening uh, tell us what your geeky origins are we'd love to hear that mm. and then we'll write a script about yeah, it right. we'll put a like a, a, a fast talking I'll do my Jar Jar impression <laughs> Misa thank you anyway. anyway let's just go right so thanks for listening um, and we'll be back in a couple of days so goodbye to lose. Bye.